What is up folks, Justin Connor here coming at you from a hopefully chemically free uh, WeWork phone booth. This one is for those of you that attempted to tune into January's Patreon live stream. And as you probably saw, there were a few hiccups with the bandwidth coming from my home internet. I've been kind of playing around with ideas of should I host it from my, like our WeWork office in kind of after hours time. I'm still working on that. Maybe it is something that I shoot from the studio, but with my phone instead of like the nice camera that I'm shooting with now, I wanted to make this as kind of an apology intermezzo episode of the podcast. So maybe you're just listening to this audio only. As I started to see the stream kind of going south, I decided to hit record in OBS and that makes the tail end of this available as kind of like an audio only episode for you folks. Let's see what my notes say here. I do share what the uh, February live stream is gonna be towards the end of that. So that will be hopefully kind of a teaser if you want to up your Patreon subscription so you can have access to February's one that's gonna be at the end of the month. But this is almost a post game analysis of the time that I spent in Norway with one of the chef de parties that I had the pleasure of helping to train up. He was coming from a restaurant in Miami. He hadn't quite worked a protein station like the very intense one at Lisverkit, which is a restaurant where I used to be a sous chef. And so I wanted to take my opportunity while I was there to make sure that he felt a little bit more comfortable on the execution of a dinner service. So in this one, I discussed station organization, uh, coming up with an out of place dish for guests with allergies or restrictions, station communication with your colleagues, which I think is especially important for those of you with station partners or those of you that want to start presenting new ideas to your managers. And this is going to switch to audio only until the outro. So here we go. And I would urge you when you go into work today or tomorrow to take a look at how things are set up and is this how things have always been done or is this my optimal like to the nines outfitted for how I work way to set up my station for maximum effectiveness throughout my day or throughout my service, right? So the way that you set up your station for uh, prep should definitely be different for how you set it up for service, especially if you're working. Um, I was looking at the fish station, and I guess this translates to more stations than just the fish station, but like during your prep, you're probably using a lot more salt than you do during the service on certain restaurants, right? This is obviously contextual. But I think that like when you're making purees, when you are making chips, when you are making sauces and you're seasoning things like to the max, you're using a ton of salt. So why would you not have a larger salt container for your prep? And then when you move into service, transfer that salt to a smaller container. So it takes up less room on your station. I feel like so many people don't think through those details and they just have their one salt container they use for the whole entire day. And if it could save themselves some mental space on their station, I think it would do a lot of good for a lot of people. So I really push you as you're thinking about these things to um, kind of prioritize that. Uh, and I, I did that with him. I was like, why do you have tools in one space that's across as you're thinking about how I was uh, discussing the layout here? The, he had his tools for his grill next to the oven. So anytime he needed tools to do something on the grill, he needed to walk past his induction burner, grab the grill tool, walk back, turn something over on the grill, take that grill tool, walk back past the stove again, drop that tool next to the oven, right? You should just have a small little bain-marie setup with all your little grilling essentials next to the grill so that you can just pick up whatever you need, use it, 
drop it back in, and then you're done. You're on to the next thing. You know what I mean? You've taken out two steps of that round trip. I think I've told this story before, but one of my old sous chefs used to wear a pedometer, the step tracker, and he would get really pissed whenever he was above, I think it was like 20,000 steps for the day or something like that, because that meant that he was not being effective with how he was moving about the kitchen, right? Um, yeah, I talked about as your menu changes, your station should change. Uh, I also have written down here how someone trained you might not apply now, right? So they might have trained you during the springtime when the menu was very shaved vegetable focused, uh, lots of greens, lots of cold things coming off of your station. And now it's the fall and you moved into some hearty stews, uh, some more meat or game presentations, you know what I mean? And so like the way that you structure your station has changed. So whatever that person trained you does not apply anymore. And you need to be able to be active in thinking about that. Be a thinker. Don't be a robot, right? If we don't want the robots to replace us, we have to prove that we can think better than robots can think, right? So, uh, and I also talked about counting your motions. That was something that I really, really wanted to hammer home here uh, as something for you folks to think about. Um, I wrote down some notes on out of place. I want to make this aware. I want this. To put, I want to put this on your radar. Uh, it's not that his out of place stuff was bad. It's just that. I think that a lot of us get caught in the mentality that if we have a, a lamb dish that is lamb, spinach, uh, celery root, and uh, hazelnuts, right? We think that if, if we have to have an out-of-place dish for this lamb dish, there has to be mushroom, endive, buckwheat, and something else to replace the last component. I don't forget what it was. But in my mind, and you can talk to your chef about this, right? You, you, I don't want to give you advice and get you in trouble, but from my learnings, it's easier to come up with an out-of-place that's in, its, in and of itself a delicious stand-on-its-own dish that doesn't require you to double the number of prep list items that you have to do. And so the notes that I wrote down is it doesn't need to match component for component. And so, for example, ask yourself the question, how can I multi-fire things? So Carlos, being right next to the oven, he was able to create some out-of-place vegan components that he could put all on a tray and warm them up in the oven for a really easy presentation for an out-of-place dish. And another piece of advice that I gave him was, instead of saying you need to have puffed buckwheat and celery root puree and braised endive, which takes three things to heat up, or, you know, three separate containers, how can you start to think about something like a grain dish, like a glazed grain ragu? And so what I did was I made a barley dish for him, which is something we did at the restaurant all the time. So you make like a celery root puree, you make some diced mushrooms that you, like you, you grill and dice some mushrooms, you cook some barley, and then you have this thing that is a one-pot pickup that has three components inside of it. Does that make sense? And so instead of thinking like, oh my goodness, I need to glaze spinach and I need to uh, grill uh, garlic shoots and then I also need to uh, have this mushroom thing that's like this mushroom lasagna thing that I made and that needs to be my out of place, start to think about like, how can I combine things to streamline the pickup, especially for people that have allergies, right? Uh... Yeah, the uh, 
starch he had on his station was a potato roasty. So it was like a, a potato farce that he was cooking inside of a ring mold in a pan, and you cook them one by one. You pat the farce into the ring mold, and then you take the ring mold off, and you saute it, and you have to flip it, and you have to keep an eye on it because it burns really fast. I was like, dude, why are you trying to kill yourself? And it takes a long time to prep, right? So every single time he got it out of place, it was like it wasn't actually benefiting him because it wasn't one for one. Um, yeah, that was very stressful, and I'm happy that um, if you present it as a cohesive idea, right, you're not trying to mail it in, you're not trying to be lazy about it, you're trying to make it easier on yourself and ultimately have it be a tastier dish rather than this and this and this, and it turns into this thing where it's like, well, this is just a bunch of uh, vegetables on a plate. It's not an actually composed dish, right? Just a thought. Think about it. Uh, and the last point here, the point that um, kind of was really uh, in my mind as something that I really wanted to uh, discuss for him was the idea of uh, communication. And the point that came into my mind was something that Chris told us uh, when we were really kind of like in it, which was the best station dynamics are the ones when you and your station partner are joking and not competing. Uh, when you're joking and competing when you're not resentful of each other. And I, I saw that dynamic with Carlos and his station partner because his station partner was a little bit more experienced. Um, they had their head on a little bit straighter. They knew how to execute on tasting menu style uh, environments. And there wasn't this kind of like playful banter between the two of them. Uh, she was resentful of him because he wasn't able to be 100% set up all the time. And so I think... Trying to reach that with your station partner comes in a few different ways. I know we don't always choose who we get to work with, but um, yeah, any point that I could push you to prioritize that, I think that ultimately will pay dividends for you because you won't feel like you have this person constantly breathing down your neck, and everybody has has to do that differently, right? Uh, and I think the the last point on communication that really stuck out stuck out to me with him was um, I mentioned it already in the in the prep list piece, being able to ask questions for clarity versus being able to provide solutions for management. So that comes from if you have a question on how you're going to slice the apples, if you truly don't know, it's okay to ask a question. Chef, how do you think we should slice these apples today? But isn't it more fun as a chef, and this is back to like not being like a robot, isn't, more, isn't it more fun to be able to come to the chef with a tray of an example or plate it, right, as an example and say, hey, chef, this is how I was thinking of doing the apples today. And then see what they say, right? Because now you've just taken up less room in their brain space. You've given yourself the opportunity to be creative, right, and present a solution. And hopefully that gets translated into something that you've put on the menu now right? This is something that so many people crave, but they're so uh, paralyzed to presenting these as solutions because I would argue most chefs want their cooks to do this, right? So ask yourself, how can I differentiate asking for clarity versus can I provide a solution myself in this situation? And then just ask for approval on that, right? Because only then and only then will you actually get more responsibilities divvied up to you because they say, oh, hey, when so-and-so is presented with a problem, they come up with a solution as opposed to just asking silly questions, right? Because a lot of times also in the moment when you have problems like this, the person that's giving you these things doesn't know either, right? Which I think is a little bit silly. 
Um, there's been some issues with the stream, guys. I don't think we're going to get to go into that much Q&A. Um, I did hit record on this uh, partway through, so hopefully I will be able to um, submit a lot of this as their, its own standalone video. Um, I did want to give a heads up, though, for anybody that's watching this as a post uh, thing that next month's live stream will be in late February, and it's going to be all about creativity. So some topics that I want to discuss in that one is how to organize your ideas. A lot of people have been talking to me about that. So some of the tools that I've used uh, in the past, as well as what I'm using currently to keep track of my ideas that I'm seeing. Uh, I want to talk about how to communicate those creative ideas to a team and what it's like being a creative in a team environment because I don't think any of us uh, work in a vacuum or in a silo as much as we want to think that we're, you know, badass vigilantes, hired guns. We need to work with teams and so I think that that's very important to discuss. I want to talk about criteria for testing dishes and how to take a dish from a single plate presentation, right, the one that you've probably presented for everyone to taste, and how does that translate to a fully-fledged service, right? And that's kind of like where the magic happens and how to take something from like R&D time to actually like, oh, we're actually uh, premiering this thing, right? So that's all coming up uh, next month, again, late February. I appreciate your patience as I get this stuff uh, all sorted. Until next time, thank you so much. Have a good one. I really hope you enjoyed that one. Please be sure to tweet at me or comment down below some ideas that you'd like to see for future live streams, especially if you are supporting on Patreon. The plan is when we get these up and running and there's actually people that can join the live streams and not just see my shitty choppy video, that you can do a little bit of a Q&A at the end, which will be awesome after I get done kind of doing my riff on a certain topic that I decide to cover. I will do a lot more uh, kind of deep dive research on topics that I think are important to bring to the forefront and discuss as a conversation. As I said, this is for the $9 a month live stream unlock tier on Patreon. And the cool thing is, once we start to do a few more of these, we'll build up a catalog. And then if you do decide to support on that level, you can kind of binge all of those episodes if you decide to do that. Thank you, as always, if you do continue to support financially. It truly means a lot. Keep crushing it out there. I'm wishing you a great one from Australia. We did it. You're in outro land now. Thank you so much. I appreciate your ears more than you'll ever know. Hey, by making it to the end, you're the type of person that I want to speak to directly. This little production is constantly growing. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like what I'm trying to do with this show and want to make sure more people can find us, a free way to help out that takes less than three minutes is to leave The Emulsion a great review on iTunes. If you didn't enjoy this show, please also leave a review. I'm happy to take any constructive feedback you've got. If you want to learn more about supporting this show with your hard-earned cash, patreon.com slash justinkana is the place to do that. I've got tiers starting at just $1 per month. Let's say you just like being involved through suggesting stories to be covered or asking questions to my interview guests. You can stay up to date by following along on Twitter or Instagram that is linked up in the description for your convenience or always available on justincona.com. If you're on YouTube and listening, you can take this show on the go because this is available on all podcast platforms, including Spotify. And if you prefer video versions of things like my interview shows or the shorter intermezzo episodes and you're listening audio only, please check out my YouTube channel to see more of that. Now is normally where I'd say my name is Justin Kana and I hope you have a good one, but you've probably got another podcast episode to listen to. So I'm just going to get out of the out of the way here excuse me pardon me